Welcome to Curiosity Taught the Cat, the podcast where we take animals you see every day, animals you've heard of, and animals you didn't know existed, and break them down in a single episode. Our goal as animal lovers is to spread knowledge and awareness about the creatures we share this floating rock with. We hope you learn something new. Hello and welcome to Curiosity Taught the Cat. I'm Jack. I'm Julia. And today we are going to be talking about the coelacanth. I know when uh, we finished our last episode, we mentioned we'd be talking about the uh, colacanth, but it's actually pronounced the coelacanth, which we learned. Uh, Looking at the word, I would not have guessed that right away. It is spelled like how we pronounced it before, the colacanth, but it is actually called the coelacanth. So there are only two known species of coelacanths, and one lives near the Comoros Islands off of the east coast of Africa, and the other one is found in the waters off of Sulawesi, Indonesia. Coelacanths live in temperate waters um, in an area known as the Twilight Zone, which is around five to 800 feet, but they can live in depths up to 2,300 feet below the surface. And during the daytime, they tend to be in these like underwater caves, uh, very deep or underwater canyons, very deep below the surface. This is where they're usually observed in their natural habitats. For example, the Comoran species are known to cluster together in caves in uh, submarine lava deposits. And then the Indonesia ones, there's two uh, specimens observed from a submersible in Indonesia. They were in a deep carbonate cave at about 500 feet. So the coelacanth is a deep sea creature, uh, which means that the color of the fish tends to be more mute, such as gray, black, dark brown. Um, But it does have some light spots on its uh, uh, sides that can either be white or almost a yellow color. And then as for their size, they are a pretty large fish. Uh, They get around six and a half feet long and they weigh almost 200 pounds. And we didn't mention this earlier, but the coelacanth is known as a living fossil because it has been unchanged for hundreds of millions of years. Uh, We can trace it back to almost 300 million years ago when it first emerged in the evolutionary chain. And a very interesting uh, characteristic that it has are its paired lobe fins, which are uh, four fins that it has on the bottom of it, like directly on the bottom of it, that extend away from its body, similar to legs, and they almost move like a quadruped land animal would move. So uh, think of a trotting horse where you have opposite uh, legs moving at the same time, like uh, the back or the back left and the front right, and then the front left and back right. They kind of move like that. And so these paired these uh, paired lobe fins on the coelacanth move in a similar fashion. And an interesting idea that scientists have is that the coelacanths are somewhere along the line. They're closer to when creatures started coming out of the ocean. Because at some point, we, we all started in the ocean and then we slowly made our way onto land. Coelacanths are somewhere in that little line because they started developing these appendages on the bottom of them that moved in that sort of motion. Some other unique characteristics about the coelacanth um, is that it has a hinge joint, uh, which means that it can open its mouth wider for larger prey, uh, similar to what snakes do. 
Um, another fun one is that they have an oil-filled tube that's also known as the notochord, uh, which serves as a backbone. Uh, so they don't have a spine, they have this instead. Um, another thing is that they have thick scales that are similar to other um, ancient extinct species of fish. Um, and also have a electrosensory rostral um, that's near its mouth and nose, and it's an organ that helps it detect prey. And two of the characteristics that Julia just mentioned, the rostral organ and the hinged skull, are characteristics that uh, no longer exist in any other living vertebrate. So the coelacanth uh, has a diet that's primarily cephalopods, so cuttlefish, squid, octopus, um, as well as other fish. Um, the coelacanth is uh, called a passive drift feeder, um, which basically means it floats along and eats fish or the cephalopods whenever it sees it. Um, it does have, it is capable of moving quickly um, and it may do so um, when it really uh, likes a prey or to avoid danger, other bigger fish. And as for what eats it, uh, similar to pretty much anything that's in the ocean, it's pretty much going to be anything bigger than it anything that can take a chunk out of it that can eat it so any bigger fish uh maybe some kind of uh like killer whale if it's in the same area those kinds of things not necessarily killer whale but anything larger than it probably sharks and all that so getting into mating the coelacanth doesn't have any sort of a courtship or mating rituals at all uh, but their mode of reproduction is called ovoviviparity, uh, which is a type of reproduction where it has eggs and the eggs get fertilized, but the eggs remain inside the female uh, and they hatch inside the female and then the young will come out. Uh, probably the most common version of this is a lot of sharks do this. So it looks as if it is giving live birth, but uh, it is still it was still inside an egg that was hatched inside the female. So after the internal fertilization of the eggs, um, when the babies actually do uh, hatch inside the mom, they use the yolk sac of the egg to feed, um, and the gestation period is about a year on them. Um, we actually have ha seen two females um, carrying youngs, um, and the babies have been captured. So one of these females contained five full-term pups, and each of them were about a little over a foot long. And then the other one had 26 pups um, of about the same size. So we really don't know how many they can carry at a time. And as we see with a lot of other fish, as soon as they are born, uh, the juvenile coelacanths get no parental care at all. Uh, they are ready to begin eating their predatory lifestyle almost immediately after being born. And they can also live up to 60 years. So what's interesting about the coelacanth is that they were considered to be extinct at one time. Um, like we said, they're a living fossil, but we found them um, with more, you know, modern uses of technology and such. Um, but all species are considered to be endangered and they are also protected uh, by the Convention on International Trade in Endangered Species of Wild Flora and Fauna. And that wraps up all the... Uh uh, the more boring factual information that we have. we uh, There are quite a few fun facts on the coelacanth, however. As Julia mentioned, they were thought to have gone extinct with the dinosaurs 65 million years ago during the KT extinction. Um, but in 1938, one was discovered by a South African museum curator on a local fishing trawler. So that's when we learned, oh, they're actually not extinct and we just hadn't seen one in so long. So the most recent fossil record we have dates from about 80 million years ago, but the earliest recorded dates go back as far as 360 million years ago. 
Um, experts largely agree that they are primitive bony fish um, as opposed to cartilaginous fish such as sharks and rays. The coelacanth's closest re- living relative are the uh, primitive lungfishes, which are known from the freshwaters of South Africa, Australia, and South America. And at one point, coelacanths were thought to be the ancestors of tetrapods, which are the four-legged land-living animals. Um, but like I said, their lungfish are what they're mo- more closely related to, and lungfish are actually even more closely related to tetrapods than coelacanths are. Uh, this divergence of coelacanths, lungfish, and tetrapods is thought to have occurred about 390 million years ago, and coelacanths might kind of uh, occupy a side branch of that vertebrate lineage, so where they're like very closely related to and have the, the similar characteristics, but they're still distinct from tetrapods. A coelacanth's brain occupies only 1.5% of its actual cranial cavity. The rest of it is filled with fat. So like I said earlier, the coelacanth kind of drift along to feed um, and they can travel as much as eight kilometers while doing this at night before retreating to the caves that they uh, rest in. Um, But more than a dozen of these coelacanths can seek shelter in the same cave and they seem to show no aggression towards one another. Um, And the last fun fact that we have about the coelacanth is that people do not like to eat them. Um, They have a lot of oil, urea, and wax in them. Um, and it gives them a foul flavor. It can also cause sickness. As well as their skin, it um, oozes slimy oil, um, as well as mucus. So that about wraps up all we have on the coelacanth. Thank you for tuning in and listening. Uh, Tune in next week to what we'll be talking about the Picasso moth. I'd also like to thank my friend, the musical artist known as Shades, for creating this amazing intro and outro for this podcast. I highly recommend checking out his other work.